I just went up uh, to New Hampshire to visit uh, my family with my kids. Uh, and the New Hampshire state motto, I think, is the coolest uh, of all the states. Any state that has the motto of live free or die is a pretty cool state, right? And uh, I was thinking about that I get to stand up here and belt that I am a child of God. As one child of God speaking to a room full of children of God, an identity that cannot be taken away from us. We get to talk about this today publicly. We get to, without any fear, air this and broadcast this for the world to see and to hear. They can't do that in China. Their buildings are being torn down. <laughs> They're being imprisoned and jailed. And so I just want to take a second, if you've ever served in the military, uh, if you are a veteran, I want to just take a moment and pray a prayer of thanks that we get to have the freedom to do this without any fear. So thank you for your service, and let's pray. God, I thank you for just that, Father. Men and women that have been willing to sacrifice it all so that we might have the freedom to live in the comfort, but Father, not to live in comfort just to enjoy comfort. To have our comfort as a way to declare the name of Jesus. To have our freedom to declare publicly, Father. To declare without any angst. To declare, Father, without any, any worry, Father. Father, thank you for our freedom. And may it always be a freedom that is used to declare the holy, righteous, awesome name of Jesus. In your name, amen. My, uh, my kids are, uh, I think they're third grade and second grade and uh, in preschool. And uh, they, we moved up to, uh, to Bayville from Barnegat uh, to, uh, to start this church. The church was kind of birthed out of, uh, out of my living room. And uh, with our, my kids were going to school at a Christian private school in Manahawkin. It was a great school. Uh, they were being taught the Bible. They were memorizing scripture. Uh, the pastor's kids were getting everything the pastor's kids would ever hope they were getting. And, but it was a half-hour drive when we moved to Bayville. It was a half hour there, a half hour back. So each day we were spending two hours in the car just getting our kids to and from school. And it was getting a little insane when we, we work insane hours. And so Ava and I were like, we need to move them, uh, we need to, move them to public school at, at Potter, uh, Potter in Bayville. But we're like, man, like, sometimes like, I, what are they, they going to hear from other kids? What are they going to hear from teachers? What are they going to hear? Like, are, are they, are, are, they're so young and impressionable. Like, moving them from Christian school to public school, like, this gave us so much anxiety and worry. And, and to the point where we went to move them. We, in fact, told the school that we were moving them to public school. And then because of we were so anxious and worried about what they would, what they would experience there, we said, oh, no, we're going to wait another year. And we waited yet another year. And it got to the point where we're like, man, this driving is insane. And so Ava and I got to the point where we're like, we need to pray, we need to fast. And we did just that. We prayed and we fasted and we said, we're going to move them uh, to public school. And they've had, it's been a bumpy road from, you know, from time to time. But you know what I got last week? Last week I, I got a video from somebody uh, uh, in, in one of our life groups that was sharing a story. She, she sent it to the life group leader, the life group sent it to Graham, Graham sent it to me, the video went everywhere. And uh, the video was of my son Brady. <laughs> who was uh, reading a book to his classroom, and uh, at the end of it had a whole bunch of Halloween candy. And because teachers aren't allowed to give out God loves you cards, but students can, <laughs> Brady gave everybody in the classroom a, a piece of candy with a God loves you card saying, God loves you and so do we. I got to watch that five-minute video with sheer joy. Had I let worry and anxiety consume me about my kids, I would have never gotten that ability to see such an awesome video. 
I, I wouldn't, there would be students that would not that day have gotten God loves you cards. If you're a parent in the room, you know that worry consumes us all. Anxiety consumes us all. It might look differently. We, we might go different places with it. But when we're in the midst of anxiety, when we're in the midst of worry, tell me that the decision to move from private school to public school wasn't a big deal when I was in the middle of anxiety. I would have crashed. To tell somebody when they're in the middle of worry and anxiety that what you're worried about and what you're anxious about is not a big deal, they will crash. Many of our worries, many of our, what gives us anxiety is natural. Why? Because we live in a natural world. So when we're fixated on the natural world, we're going to naturally be worried. So how does one learn to walk by faith while being preoccupied with everything around us? Today I want us to see that worry is the enemy of faith. I want us to see that it is impossible to be consumed by both worry and Jesus. We're going to apply this to parenting, but this is true of all of us. And so here's what Jesus has to say about this subject in Matthew chapter 6. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. A command, do not be anxious about what? Your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. He, he mentions eat, drink, body, uh, image, and things like that. Like these are all things, eating, body, clothing, all these things that would be natural areas of worry for us. That could cause us worry. And so he brings this to light and he says, Is not life more than food? The body more than clothing? Jesus bluntly says, Here's one of your big mistakes. You're ascribing, you're giving life to things that are not meant to be life. You're making this to be life when it's not meant to be life. What you're anxious about, what, what you're worried about, you're saying this is life. This is what my life is. Is that truly all that life is? is in the greek he's given this command to say stop worrying but the way that it would, would be written is to stop worrying and never start and never start again why because we as believers should be content in christ jesus shouldn't we shouldn't contentment in christ jesus be the normal state of the of the believer and so jesus what i want us to think about today what I want us to walk away with is that worry misleads when Jesus is all that we lead. Worry misleads when Jesus is all that we need. We're going to look at this through Matthew 6, uh, verses 25 through 35. And what we need to do is we need to rethink what we're giving life to. Here's, here's the definition of rethink. Rethink is to think again about something, a policy, especially in order to make changes to it. <coughs> Excuse me. A reassessment, especially one that results in changes being made. I want us to rethink what are we so anxious about? What are we so worried about? I want us to rethink these things so that we can get back to this place where we can say worry is misleading when Jesus is all that we need. By the end of today, I want us to choose who's going to provide for us in our time of worry and anxiousness. Is, is anxiousness truly going to provide for us? Is anxiousness truly going to fix the situation? Or should we go to Jesus? And at the heart of this passage is we shouldn't even worry about the necessities. And so worry misleads when Jesus is all we need. And so we need to start by rethinking worry. Here's where Jesus continues on in Matthew chapter 6. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor weep nor gather in the barns. Uh, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? Can worry add to your life? No, it really only, actually, clinically only takes away from your life. 
And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Uh, yet I tell you that even Solomon, all of his glory, Solomon, the richest king, the most prosperous king in all of Israel, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. And he's talking on a mountain. And, and what he, when this would likely go to the next two slides, the, this would likely be kind of the scene that they're looking at, uh, and this, the time in which he's right, like the, this beautiful, go to the next one. Like, there's a, in Israel, fields of these beautiful flowers. He's looking out. Jesus is telling this to, on a mountainside, the Sermon on the Mount. He's saying this, like, think about Solomon, how much he provided, how much he, and all of his splendor, and this is what the splendor of my God is. For you and I, it may not be a field of, of lilies, but we can certainly go to the ocean and see a sunrise, can't we? And is it not beautiful? And yet my God that can do that. And so he goes on, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow will be thrown into the oven, uh, will not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? For those that have eyes on God need to learn to trust God's gracious provision. They need to see that God is a God of splendor, a God of, of guidance, that, that God can do abundantly more than we could ever imagine. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall I eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For even the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that all that uh, knows that you need them all. Anxiety is the word for concern. And concern is good when it's directed towards the right things. So he talks about the birds. The birds eat? Yeah, the birds eat. Are the birds taken care of? Yeah, the birds are taken care of. Should you worry? No, you shouldn't. Think about the birds. They're diligent. They, they have enough for the day. They, they go out, they gather, they're diligent in, in providing, but they don't worry about tomorrow. They worry about today. They, they, they take care of what's needed for today for themselves, their, their kids, and, and other birds. They, they gather, they have enough, and they move on. So if they were to get anxious about tomorrow, what is, what is their anxiety going to solve? Nothing. If we are honest, our anxiety never, ever solves a situation. It only adds to it. So this would have to bring to mind, then he talks about clothing, some of us are getting so worried about clothing. I used to be worried about the new pair of Jinkos that I was going to buy. Some of you are like, Jinkos? Why? Because they aren't in style anymore. We went from Jinkos, which were you wanted 52-inch pairs of leggings, now to skinny jeans. So we get worried about being in style. Four years from now, it's going to be a completely different style. We get worried about the, the new makeup or, or the new haircut or the new style or this, that, the other thing. Well, in Four years, it's all going to change. This is why some of the most successful people don't care about clothing. You all know what, what uh, Steve Jobs used to wear? A pair of jeans and a turtleneck. Why? Because he wasn't going to let clothing be a, an issue. He wasn't going to let that be a, a decision that he has to worry about every day. Well, what does the, the Mark Zuckerberg wear? Blue t-shirt and jeans. His closet is filled with blue t-shirts and jeans. Why? Because he's not going to be anxious over clothing. He, he's not going to let that be a, a, an element of stress. What does Mark, uh, Mark Graham Wilson wear? Graham Wilson, what does he wear? Uh, a, a jeans and a black t-shirt. I said, hey, Graham, do you ever worry about clothing? No. I travel internationally with all of my clothes in a backpack. I can go to Japan with a backpack because I'm not worried about clothing. I get worried about clothing no matter where I go. My big old suitcase is packed to the brim where I'm worrying, am I going to be over the 50-pound limit? I worry about these things, and that is such a stupid stress when we sit back and think 
about it. Because worry is not a trivial sin. Worry strikes a blow to God's love and his integrity. Worry declares that our Heavenly Father is untrustworthy of his word and his promises. This isn't a small deal. And so that's why Jesus goes on to compare it to the Gentiles. Worry is a, is, is a characteristic of the unbelieving world. The unbelieving world doesn't know the Father's care. The unbelieving world is, 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 is a world without hope. They, they look to enjoy what is here and now, and they, and they, don't, they don't care. They, they, they worry because where is this all going to go? Where, where am I going to take with me? The least anxious humans on the whole planet should be Christians. The least anxious organization in the whole planet should be the church. Why? Because God is Lord of both. The only anxiety attack I've ever had in my entire life was because of this building. I, I was taking a shower. I had an 8 o'clock meeting with our landlord, and I had to come in here and sign a lease. We were portable. I, I knew portable, but we were about to sign a lease. Was, was everything going to get reconfigured? Was this going to work out? What, what, what we drained with the construction, was the finances going to be there? Could we do it? And I found myself taking a shower and, like, catching, like, I couldn't breathe. I was so anxious about it. Uh, I come in here. I think Carly was here as a witness. Uh, uh, Gary was over here. There was like a little like um, uh, st st scap scapling. Was that what that's called? Like, uh, whatever. There was some construction device over there that we sat down and I signed the lease on behalf of the elders of this church. And I was like, is this, is this, is this, going, is this going to work out? I was so panicked about it. And you know, there are churches around the world that would love to have our problems. There are churches around the world that, that, that would look at this and be like, you're anxious about this? And I have to sit back and realize that was when I was having my panic attack, when I sit back and think what was giving me panic, there was elements of sin there. I, like, I wasn't trusting God for his provision. I wasn't trusting, man, we prayed about this. We felt like God was directing here and now. And so I lack an element of trust. When we think about worry, we need to avoid some extremes. We need to avoid asceticism, which is to say, I'm going to deny, deny all possessions. I'm going to deny that, that I'm just going, I'm going to have a, a shirt on my back, a pair of pants. I don't care at all about possessions. We also need to avoid, avoid the extreme of thinking, well, I'm never going to provide for my kids. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm not going to invest into the, uh, into the future. No, God has called each one of us to be good stewards of what we have. If we are parents, we need to be responsible parents to provide for our kids' future. But we need to seek wisdom, not worry. And it's time for us to rethink worry. And so then he goes on. Worry misleads. When Jesus is all we need, we need to rethink worry. We also need to rethink our focus. And he, he goes on to say, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things, all of these things will be added to you. So what do we do in the areas in which we're, like, we're being caused uh, a, a little bit of anxiety? We go to Jesus. We seek the kingdom of God. And there's a, pro a positive promise with this. You seek the kingdom and the God that can fill the land with lilies, the God that can make the sunrise with a beautiful sunrise, is the God that can provide and give you everything that you need. The cause of worry is seeking after non-kingdom things. Contentment is again is found when we seek after what God is doing. 
So what are, what, are we, uh, what are we to do? We are to seek God's kingdom, which means losing ourselves in obedience to God, seeking after righteousness. We are to seek, seek first God's kingdom by pouring our life into the eternal work of our Heavenly Father. We are to seek God's kingdom by trying to win people into His kingdom, by adding people as we pray for one, pray for people that don't know Jesus Christ, praying that God's kingdom would grow and grow and that God would be glorified through it. Do we seek God's kingdom as we yearn for the return of of our king come lord jesus come we as disciples pursue his kingdom and we make his kingdom part of our daily priorities and our activities why because we serve an ever caring ever watching heavenly father so that begs the question to us parents in the room who do you ultimately want to be in control of your kids you or god is god not best He's giving you responsibility. It's not just to say, hey, kids, you figure it out. But we seek God for wisdom, and we trust God's ultimate provision in our kids' lives. Sometimes I need a reminder, and so I'll send myself emails through that I can read through a prayer periodically. Here's an email I sent myself after talking to a counselor. And as I say that, seeing a counselor is not a negative thing. <laughs> it's 2019. Can we say that seeing a counselor is a positive thing when mental health is such an issue? Like, if you see a counselor, well done. <laughs> Well done for seeing a counselor because you're, you're not trying to fight a battle alone. And after seeing my counselor, he said to me, and this is the email I wrote. I, I had the little, little bullet points. It said, expression fights depression. I said, seek first the kingdom, not your problems, not your circumstances. Seek the kingdom. So one meeting after we meeting with my counselor, I needed that reminder. Express myself when I'm feeling depressed so I can hear what is coming out of my mouth. So, so here's where this played uh, uh, two weeks ago. We had the Halloween parade. And I, I'm at the bus stop putting my kids on, on the bus. And, and my kids also have a Halloween parade, not like Tom, not as big as Tom's River, but it's a very big deal at Potter School. Uh, and, and so, like, they were going to get, they bring their, 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 uh, their outfits, their costumes to school. You, all the parents have to take time off of work uh, to come and, to come and uh, circle the, uh, the uh, courtyard, whatever, and all the kids get to prance around. Like, it's 30, they walk for 30 seconds and they go back into the building. I don't really understand, but that's what they do and they love it. And so all the parents have to be there. And it's a very big deal. And so all week there was like rain, rain, rain. And all the, all the parents, one mom in particular was like, it still looks like rain. What are we going to do? Are they going to move it into the gym? Is it 2.30 or 2? And they, they were getting, and the whole week, every single day at the bus stop, the stinking Halloween parade was, was consuming the topic of the land, if you will. And meanwhile, I'm emailing back and forth with, with the staff saying, it's about to pour. We have thousands of dollars invested into our Halloween parade. We have like 70 volunteers between the hot chocolate stand and, and, and we're marching in the parade and the communication nightmare that it's going to be if they cancel or reschedule. And I'm like, I'm getting anxious over our Halloween parade. And I finally, Wednesday afternoon, I was in the middle of emailing and I caught myself almost blurting out to this mom, let me tell you about my world. I'm about to lose thousands of dollars. And I didn't say it. Because I was thinking a little bit about the sermon a little bit a little a few weeks ago, and I thought to myself, that's the issue with anxiety, isn't it? I make things to be my world that aren't meant to be my world. I I put things as a priority that aren't so supposed to be such a priority. To to tell to tell this woman to like walk in my shoes. 
Well, somebody could come to me and say, well, walk in my shoes. Like, think about Homeland Security that was circulating. Like, think about the police chief. Think about, like, somebody else could come to me and say, well, walk in my shoes. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Puts it into, into perspective. And so anxiety causes us to have misguided priorities, misguided focuses. Our focus is the kingdom of God. When we're focused on God's kingdom and our king, that will build trust. Trust, to build trust into the treasures of this world. What can I take with me? What am I going to leave behind? What I want to leave behind is a family that is madly in love with Jesus Christ. That will be a success. And so I don't put it. I don't try to find security in other things. I try to find security in the one who holds it all together, Jesus Christ. This is endless growth. We value endless growth. Endless growth is when you and I, every single day to say, of utmost priority is going to be being anxious about the right things. Being anxious about the right things is being anxious about the kingdom come. Our Lord, our Lord will be done. To be anxious about God's kingdom. Endless growth is when we say, when we are consumed by his kingdom come, and less about my kingdom now. Endless growth is being consumed by his kingdom come, and less about my kingdom now. And so the last point, worry misleads when Jesus is all that we need. We need to rethink worry. We need to rethink our focus. And then what we're transitioning into, we need to rethink priorities. This is how Jesus concludes this section. He says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Worry for tomorrow is described as anxiety. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for today. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I serve a God who is Lord of today, of tomorrow, and for all eternity. My God is Lord, and nothing is going to change that. So I, where I can trust him today, where I trusted him yesterday, I can trust him with the future. I don't need to be anxious about tomorrow. To be anxious about tomorrow is fool's gold. Uh, I can't do I can't change tomorrow. But, but to use wisdom, to be sensible... To, to use wisdom and say, I'm going to invest into a 401k. I'm going to put a little money away because I have, I have a credit card bill or a car payment coming. That's all sensible. But to start being anxious over the things of tomorrow, I can't change the things of tomorrow. But it does not mean be careless and just live and enjoy the day. Rather, as children of God, we live with the conviction that I honor God with my life. I make him priority today. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of, our, of its own. Did you, did you catch that verse? The verse says, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The struggle of today is called trouble, not worry. So why is today, why is that? Today is, is called trouble. Why? Because today is the reality that we have. Today is today, tomorrow is a what if. Today is reality, and so today has enough trouble. Let's think about those things. So this brought to perspective to me this week. When I, thought, when I was thinking about this, I realized that, that there is an element of privilege to worry, isn't there? Think about this. There, there are people that actually have to be anxious and worried about today. They're consumed with, are they going to eat? They're consumed with, are they going to get their next meal? I don't have to worry about that. So because I have the space where I don't have to worry about those things, that's what I use with that space is I use it to be anxious about the things of tomorrow. There are some people that don't have the privilege of worrying about tomorrow. And yet when in my freedom, in my space, I want to go to the place of anxiety instead of helping those that 
can't even be anxious about tomorrow. They're just anxious for today. And so this was, this was for me this past week. I got anxious because... Uh, I got anxious because it's school vacation week. Some of, us are, some of us in the room are really excited that school starts back up tomorrow. And uh, I was like, you know what? Like, it's school vacation week. And I have to like, write a sermon. Like, I have to prepare. I have to preach a sermon every seven days. Like, that, it comes up every seven days. It just it never changes. Like, it's weird. And, uh, and so I was like, but my kids, I don't want them to hate school vacation weeks. I don't want it to suck. I don't, want, I don't want them to look back on school vacation week and say, like, oh, what a major bummer. I want them to enjoy these things. And, uh, and so I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, if I'm around them, I'm going to be focused on sermon prep. I'm going to be focused on working. So I was like, you know what? I have, I have personal time. I'm going to take three personal days. We're going to go up to New Hampshire. Grandma will spoil them. It'll be all good. But I caught myself getting anxious about the sermon. I caught myself thinking about all of this, even though I was preaching about worry and anxiety. And, and so there I am on Friday. And my kids are at this place called Crazy Kids, which is a bunch of inflatables up in New Hampshire. And it's a, there's a high ropes course, but like for kids, it was really safe and whatnot. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was a cool, great place. And I, and I was in the middle with my mom working on the sermon, just typing, 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 typing. And my kids were getting annoyed with each other. I saw my kids coming over to me, and I was being short with them because I was focused on the sermon, making that the priority. And I finally stopped, and I just kind of had this moment of realization where I, where I, I flipped down my, my, uh, my computer, and I said, no, I'm on vacation. <laughs> my kids are the priority. And, uh, and I went up to the high ropes course, and I was like, let's have some fun. Let's just, daddy's going to go to the high ropes course. And I wasn't scared at all, but I pretended like I was really scared, and all the kids had fun, and they, Reagan was belly laughing, Brady was belly laughing, Landon was belly laughing, and I, and I saw uh, Brady struggle, they, they, they had these, like, these rope swings that they had to go from rope to rope to, it was really challenging, but Brady tried and failed like 45 times, but he got it on the 46th time. <laughs> And his smile was just like so jubilant. Like it was just like, good job, dude. And, and Reagan, when you would ask her, hey, what was your favorite part of the week? Seeing daddy scared on the high ropes course. <laughs> okay, well, daddy wasn't scared, but good for you. Like, like when I was able to shut my computer down and make what was supposed to be the priority of the priority, it impacted the right people. I, didn't, it, I don't know if today's sermon is going to be a bomb or a success, but I can trust God because it's all about him anyways. <laughs> I can trust that, you know, I made the right decision in that moment for my kids. My God is the one true God, and he is my focus. <laughs> and so think about this. I, worry is a form of idolatry, because idolatry is when we take our eyes off of Jesus. Idolatry is when we, when we get fixated on something that is not Jesus. And so worry, we start being anxious about this and this and this, when we should be focused here. <laughs> And we take our eyes off of Jesus and start letting other things consume us. So what are we to do when we're being anxious? We're supposed to cast our anxiety on whom? Jesus. We're supposed to reshape our focus. We're supposed to redirect our focus and put our focus back where it's supposed to be. Not on the idols that are before us, but on Jesus Christ. And so here's what we've said today. Here's the recap. Worry misleads when Jesus is all that we need. We need to rethink worry. We need to rethink focus. We need to rethink our priorities. I think mothers especially have a, have con a special concern for their kids. That, they, they have to hold them for nine months in their, in their tummies, if you will. <laughs> and they start thinking about, like, well, is this birth going to go off well? Is my kid going to be safe? <laughs> It, 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 how, are, how, are, how is this child going to be raised? And what are their friends and their influences going to be like? How, how am I going to do raising my kid? The responsibilities of, of raising a child, but also the responsibilities of just being a human being. 
they grow in concern about, like for me, this is where I am at as a parent. Now, now that my kids are out of diapers, now I grow in concern. I grow in anxiety about what are my failures as a parent? Where have I failed my kids? Where will I fail my kids? That can give me a little bit of, of anxiety. Did I give enough time to, to guiding them and leading them, to loving them? To, to Did I give them freedom at just the right time? Did I discipline when they needed to be disciplined? Like These are things that can give me anxiety. But they give me anxiety when I'm fixated, where my eyes are fixated on my kids and not Jesus through my kids. Where my eyes are taken off of Jesus and, and my kids become the world. No, my kids are part of a fallen world that desperately needs Jesus. My job as a parent is never to take my eyes off of Jesus. My job as a parent is to keep my eyes fixated as, on Jesus and say, Ava, come along. Brady, come along. Landon, come along. Reagan, come along. Come meet my Jesus. Follow my Jesus. Don't follow me in my anxiety. Follow me in my pursuit of Jesus Christ. Warren Rearsby says, we are continually being crucified between two thieves, the regrets of yesterday and the worries about tomorrow. We mentioned last week, my wife and I sat here and, uh, and we said that Ava has given over a little bit more to anxiety than, than I am, but I still have anxiety in my life. And uh, I was like, Ava, you know what I'm preaching? I'm preaching uh, Matthew 6. And she's like, oh, whoa, I know that passage. <laughs> and we were sitting in my kitchen, she's like, ah. I have that passage like memorized, like I know that passage, and she reads it often. There was a time where we went, we moved our kid to, Reagan was going to uh, preschool orientation, and we were in the school, and uh, we left, we had a good orientation, they told us everything, they told us about the bus, and all I can envision is Reagan leaving on the bus and losing daddy-daughter day, but we get, we get back in the car, and Ava goes, did, did, were you freaked out? I was like, why, why would I be freaked out? And, and she says to me, well, did you see where Reagan's classroom is? I was like, yeah, it's like right there by the office. Isn't that a good thing? Like if the office needs her, she's right by the office. And it was like, you're not freaked out? And I was like, I don't know why, I'm, why am I freaked out? <laughs> and she's like, if someone breaks into the school, our daughter's going to be the first one gone. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, how is that? I was like, I, like, we all, uh, like, and now I, uh, my wife will say often, my anxiety, my anxiety, my anxiety. And there's times where I'm not judging my wife. I can say it too. My anxiety, my anxiety, my anxiety. We, we sat in on a life group uh, two weeks ago, and there are a few people in that life group. And that comment came up there by a few different people. They were talking about my anxiety, my anxiety, my anxiety. And it caught me in that moment. I was like, aren't we giving anxiety life? Aren't we, aren't we turning, aren't we, aren't like, we're personalizing anxiety? We're, like, now this is a part of me that doesn't have to be a part of me? And, and I thought, like, man, what would it be to be consumed not by anxiety, but to be consumed by God? That, and so I challenged the life group, and, what, and this is my challenge to you and I today. My challenge to us is what I challenge this life group. I want us to, to replace when we are given over to saying, my anxiety, my anxiety. What if we started to try by saying, my God, my God, my God. When we're given over to anxiousness, when we're given over to worry, instead of saying, my worry, my anxiety, say, my God, my God, my God. My God has never failed me. 
My God, my God is the God of yesterday, today, and forever. My God is trustworthy. My God has a plan. My God is sovereign. My God has us in control. My God, if, if even if the worst, worst should happen, I know that my God has a plan and that my God can use bad for good. That when Joseph is sold into slavery, when Joseph is, is thrown into jail, in a moment he gets out of jail and he's second in command of all the nation. My God has a plan. My God can use even evil for good. My God. And so we're going to close with this song called See a Victory. So when you think about your anxiety, do we trust that my God is capable of victory as he defines victory? And when we give it all over to him, we are worshiping him by ascribing him his absolute worth as he sits on the throne of the universe and on the throne of our lives. Let's Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Toms River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.